Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Daniel Rosales, and you're listening to Danny Spotlight. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to go ahead and welcome and thank everyone for tuning in to Danny Spotlight. This is my very first podcast. And I do appreciate everyone for tuning in and taking time out of their day to listening to it. I, for my first week, I decided to choose a very sensitive and very touchy subject. And it's on Immigration Nation, the brand new docuseries that released on Netflix not too long ago, I would say. But before I do start discussing on Immigration Nation itself, I do want to touch base on, I'm sure many of you are aware of, but I don't want to talk about it just so the ones that don't know or the ones that have anyone that fall under the criteria, they can spread the word to them and knowledge them so that they and them to know what to do and how to go about it. So basically, I just it starts off with what to do if ICE comes to your door. And I'm just kind of going to read the bold and go down the list. I'll be uploading this certain filed so it starts with do not open the doors simply do not open the doors mainly because ice cannot come in without a signed warrant or unless you let them into your household remain silent remain silent is uh because ice can use anything against you and your immigration immigration case so you can claim your right to remain silent. And if you do choose to remain silent, please address it and let, and let them know that you will be remaining silent by saying, I plead the Fifth Amendment and choose to remain silent. Very, very important. It's extremely important that you do not sign. That person does not sign. Don't sign anything that ICE gives you without talking to your attorney first. That's extremely important. Uh, reporting the raid, reporting the raid immediately to a certain hotline, uh, taking pictures, videos, and notes, uh, writing down badge numbers, the number of agents that were in the raid, and exactly explaining exactly what happened from commence to conclusion. And I feel very strongly about including that in this week's podcast, mainly because me personally, I would feel very satisfied if it even helped even one person when encountering ICE or experiencing a raid, it helping them to know what to do and how to go about things. I would it would make me feel like a very accomplished that I was able to spread the word and help at least one person. Prior to watching Immigration Nation, well, simply I was just very skeptical on what to expect and simply what I was going to be watching just because of all the speculations that came prior to the release of the docuseries it was just a little difficult to choose this as my topic or simply watch it and not know what I was going to watch or how disgusted I was going to feel from watching these ICE officers uh, treat these individuals in their custody the way that they do. And it's it's hard to explain unless you've watched Immigration Nation because 
it's a series like no other. Of course, it does give you both sides. It does allow the individuals that work for the Department of Homeland Security to give their input and to kind of give their counter argument as to what their job really is and how they just abide by their by the rules that are set forth in front of them or for them to um fulfill their job duties but my main question is why is it that everywhere i look up immigration nation why is it always mentioning that the trump administration and the, the department of homeland security wanted certain scenes deleted and apart from certain scenes deleted they wanted the release of the docuseries as a whole to be delayed at least after the election this being our election year of course it it just i don't understand if these directors for the series got exclusive access into these facilities it's just it's it does it doesn't make any sense if you are so proud of the job that these officers are doing and these officers are so proud to be doing the job that they do regardless on how they feel on what they do whether they feel conflicted on sometimes the amount of individuals that they are taking into custody or simply the situation that these individuals that they are raiding the home for is a little much for them regardless in my opinion and i repeat in my opinion how how can one do that much harm and continue to do that on a daily basis because that's simply your job and it's funny to me because those same individuals on there trying to speak for themselves and address that they are not one of the bad ones and that they try their best and that they don't um, intentionally separate families. Those are the same ones included in the teams, especially on this series. They are a part of the teams that were lying to these individuals when they're at their doorstep, lying to them um, that they are simply the police department or police officers so that they can gain access into their homes. They're the same officers, a part of the team that are picking locks so that they can gain access in uh, or gain an easier access into the home, into the complexes that these individuals live in. And that that's that it's it just it doesn't make any sense. If you want to be so bold about expressing yourselves on it being a good paying job that regardless somebody if you if it's not them doing the job, somebody else has to do the job, that that is where it makes the most sense to mention as someone did in the docuseries that it's it's just the time it's a time for you to choose on what side of history you want to be on 
That's the biggest thing. What side you want to be on. You cannot be working for an agency like the Department of Homeland Security, Border Patrol, um, ICE. I understand there are some individuals that probably do join these agencies to do better, but regardless, these people in higher positions, they are the ones that are manipulating the rest of these officers to do what they want them to do. A perfect example is one of the Icefield, uh, I believe, Icefield directors. His name is Scott. His last name was not given on the show and is nowhere to be found on the internet, but I just know that his name is Scott. When one of his ICE officers is out on patrol, he gives him a call and he mentions to him, hey, I don't care what you do, but I need you to bring two in. And for what? Probably to meet his numbers because he probably has a number to meet and that he is looking good to his higher ups, I'm sure, because he's accomplishing these goals um, set for him and his department. And with the situation that these people are already going through and the fact that they are already going through so much and these officers can just simply could care less to make it worse for them it's obvious in this series that these officers simply do not care they are not there to care they are there to get paid because simply this is all of these next comments were made by one officer which i can only imagine how many officers work on a day-to-day and make these type of comments towards these individuals uh, waiting deport- awaiting deportation or seeking asylum or are trying to get reunited with their children. Uh, the first one would be it's a ni- it's a job and someone has to do it. Okay, that one has was mentioned a couple times. The next one would be it's a nice drive for you. It'll be a brutal one, but it's a nice drive. That comment was made by an ICE agent to an individual that was going to be transferred to a facility after simply going in uh, to meet with ICE. After mentioning, after not even mentioning, after telling someone that they're going to be transferred to a facility, why is a comment like that necessary to make? Oh, it's it's a nice drive. For you, it'll be a brutal one, but it's a nice drive. Why? Why wow. the sarcasm in that gentleman's comments are ridiculous. And a next one would be when this agent calls out a name of the person who he was going to meet with next. He was a an immigrant from China and the agent didn't know how to pronounce his name, so he went out and he, I, in his mind, tried his best to pronounce it, and I don't know if he felt like he didn't want to get corrected or somebody maybe did correct him, but he's like, oh, you know what? The only thing I know how to say in Chinese is Kung Pao Chicken. Where you work in an office where all of these individuals going in 
are filled with fear and don't know what's coming next, it is not a time or place to be making comments like this. Simply because all of these individuals, all of their stories are different. All of them have experienced different things. All of them have gone through uh, their own hardships. And in a situation like that, of course, someone who's about to meet with that person who's undocumented, who is possibly awaiting deportation or is unaware that they will soon be awaiting deportation because most of the outcomes of meeting with these agents are negative. That's the issue with this broken system. And I repeat, broken system. Because the main thing about the system is that their purpose is to instill fear in basically everyone because they're instilling it in their own citizens of their country and they're instilling it on all of the individuals seeking asylum because they simply want to make an, ex an example of them. They want to make an example of them. As they state in uh, the show, they mentioned that the purpose of treating them the way that they do and having their facilities or detention centers or kid shelters the way that they do it so that when they do get released or they do get deported, they go back and they mention uh, how it was for them, what they went through, what their experience was like, so that many that do plan to go through with the same process will eventually not. And in their case, uh, in their case, that didn't happen. These individuals did not stop coming to our, uh, coming to the United States borders to seek asylum. Why? Because their situation in their homeland is much more difficult than what they'd experience when seeking asylum and going through this, this process with uh, the Department of Homeland Security. And it's so mind-boggling to hear that, well, so many individuals, so many people like to throw around and mention uh, that, oh, why isn't, why don't they just come here legally? If they come here legally, they won't be going through that process or they won't have to live the way that they do in fear and hiding and avoid even going out to get basic necessities just because they fear for their lives that they will get sent back to their homeland where there is nothing for them. There is no life for them. There is nothing but danger awaiting for them when and if they do return. That's, it's just, that to me is ignorant. If you are going to be mentioning and saying, oh, why don't they just come here legally? Well, if only it was that easy. From the looks of it, it's that very little 1% that does get uh, granted entry into the United States legally. But even then, even then, they're under watch. They're under surveillance like no other. Which I understand their purpose, but there's a certain extent where you just, the line should be drawn to where you allow these 
agencies to do what they do. As well, when an ICE agent in the show chooses to mention and compare that being a U.S. citizen and driving intoxicated, driving under the influence, um, when he compares that to being an adult, an immigrant coming to the United States with your children is a similar crime to driving under the influence in the United States as a citizen, you're comparing two things that don't even fall under the same tree, don't even, are impossible to compare. In what way can you possibly put those two side by side and say, oh, well, this is like this because, hmm, no, you simply can't. You simply can't because they're two different things. One is someone coming to the United States to a different country with their children, seeking a better life for them and their children. Another one is someone simply being intoxicated, getting behind the wheel, and endangering not only their lives, but others' lives. Because that's really it. When someone gets behind the wheel, intoxicated, the biggest thing is that they are not endangering their lives. They are endangering other people, people's lives on the road, pedestrians. And that's when I don't understand. These people that are coming into the United States with their children, what harm are they causing when it comes to, when it comes in comparison to someone possibly causing a death, causing their own death, uh, when intoxicated, causing a major accident, causing multiple deaths, causing them to run over a pedestrian, a motorcyclist, a bicyclist. They just don't compare. I'm not sure if that is one of the scenes that the Trump administration and the Department of Homeland Security were intending to get it get deleted, but there's just so many scenes in this docu-series that I just don't understand how these individuals are or they hold these type of positions where these with other people's lives are in their hands. These people are in their custody. I that scares me because it's just witnessing what they what they do, what their behavior is, it's it's upsetting. And that's why it's important that we take a stand. We speak up. Our time is now. And what better time now with all move, all the movements happening, all the protests occurring nationwide. Our time is now. And if that has not been witnessed by an individual as of now, maybe watching something, um, a docuseries like Immigration Nation, will spark something in someone to want to take a stand, want to join the mutual fight against this this injustice. And before I end it off, I do want to mention, I do want to add in also the many different ways that you can support and stand in solidarity with these individuals that 
um, on a daily are encountering ice. Of course, there's the the main one that everybody will probably think of first would be donating, and that doesn't only mean that uh, the donation of money. That can be the donation of goods to these nonprofit organizations that visit these shelters that house um, these individuals seeking asylum, these children separated from their families, from their parents, as well as volunteering your time, donating your time to be an interpreter, a translator for these individuals uh, seeking asylum when it comes to them not having no one, not knowing what to do, not being able to read or speak the language, you can make a big difference in a situation like that. You can make a big difference for someone who who really needs you, who really needs that person with them, whether it's in person or remotely. It's It's huge and it can make a big difference. The last one that I will be mentioning, and I'm sure there are many, many more, the last one that I will be mentioning is social media. Social media is something that I'm sure 99% of us have. It's something that we can sometimes just get very addicted to, but it's also something that can be very useful. It's something that in any platform is a platform. And if you choose to use your platform t- for the better, it's it's just it, it's pretty simple, honestly. I I started doing it when I started getting involved with these protests happening here in Los Angeles. I started spreading the word. I started um, following these organizers, asking questions. It's important to ask questions because that's the only way that you will further your pal- like expand your palate and open up to know more about what is truly happening. So social media is big. It's huge. It's probably the biggest thing out there, the biggest way to help other than attending these protests, donating your time or uh, donating goods. Spreading the word. Stand in solidarities. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it speaks for itself. And I do want to thank everyone. I do also want to mention that I do value that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. If anyone does feel very conflicted in the way that I may have mentioned anything or the issues that I have addressed, if you feel very passionate to reach out to me and kind of have a discussion or if you want to join in a podcast with me, so that you can um, speak to me and address to me your issues that you may have with what I spoke about. I will listen with an open mind as long as you listen to me when I address to you my issues. And with that, I do want to end it. I do want to thank everyone for joining in to listen to my very first podcast. This is Danny Spotlight, and we're out.